to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, yeah, hey. I'm doing okay. We're still in lockdown. We are still in lockdown. Uh, Do you cases... feel like you're chained? You're chained down and you can't leave, leave your home. Yeah, and I feel like I'm kind of attached to my desk or, you know, working a lot. So I think this week maybe we'll use that. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Like mm. being locked down to a, to a specific area or attached to something, you know. Yes, chained. we didn't pre-plan this at all. But no. as our limitation, our lockdown limitation this week... In all of our games, there will be at least one character, whether it's the main <laughs> character or something else, of of being physically attached to something, chained down. Mm-hmm. Even if it just ends up being a Kensington lock on every single laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can't steal this. You can't take this from the Apple store. Oh, You've that's a bicycle lock. down. <laughs> Uh, so for those who might just be joining us, we are referring to our game Click Pitch, where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click, we will each get an adjective and a noun, and we will turn these into a game design. This week, constrained by the uh, the description we just gave of having something locked down in the. Uh, I was going to say in celebration, in commiseration of our mutual situation uh, being in COVID lockdown here in Melbourne. Um, so, three, two, one, click. Yeah. Ridiculous sector. Unpredictable sector. <laughs> what? <laughs> How did we both get the same noun? That's insane. Um, well, we just have two sectors. So that means it's got to be in space. Because I'm picturing, you know, sector such and such. Unpredictable and Mm -hmm. ridiculous. That that sort of says to me that this is a roguelike. Okay. In wacky. In an unpredictable, wacky sector sort of thing. um, Where you're, I think, in each area someone is captured and your thing is to go in oh okay so you're trying to rescue somebody who is... it's a rescue sort of operation yeah uh yeah. you've got to sort of get into this sector f- you know go through this go through the different alleyways try to find out which building your your person is captured in mm-hmm. and then get out sort of once once okay. you get them then you've got an escort mission out to the you know to the yeah easy yeah. the escape zone I, I like the roguelike idea of it. Mm-hmm. Are you then if every if every mission is a is a rescue mission? Are you some sort of extraction specialist, perhaps of like yeah, specifically rescuing you know kidnappies or hostages or yeah, I don't know who else gets. <laughs> Captured and locked down on things. Um, I'm presidents, um, presidents' daughters, like 
There's a whole heap of different type of hostages that you could actually... <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think from the sort of overall world level. Um, is, is it a roguelike in the sense of like, you are doing this one mission as many times as you want with with upgrades happening and stuff? Or is it that each one of these is a procedurally generated new mission? Procedurally and- generated new mission. Yeah. Um, you just happen to be a... Like, so it comes up with new buildings and all this sort of stuff. I think that this is kind of like a, a top-down isometric uh, okay. sort of sort of game, but it's got that twin-stick shooter sort of feel to it. So mm. that you're sort of running around, but then you can enter into a building and then you're clearing out the building by, you see, like, a different view within within the building where they come Okay, I like this. All right. I was going more of a stealth way, but... You're thinking a bit more action based. Yeah, you're you're going in. You're blowing. You're blowing shit away. Guns blazing. Guns okay. blazing. Um, you can also do some stealth like elements. Mm-hmm. You know, but the second that you you get seen, you can choose to go guns out, or you can you know choose to hide. So maybe almost a bit of a hotline Miami kind of feel where you can come in, and if you're quick enough, you can like take out you know if you've got your silenced weapon you can take out the people in that room it won't necessarily alert people in the other nearby rooms yeah all right so i kind of i like that working your way through floors can maybe we'd make this like sort of real gadget gadget based um and that can be part of the the roguelike different, aspect different loads loadouts that you sort of randomly get selected and that sort of stuff you get different yeah or like that you find dropping down stuff. And, yeah yeah, so I'm thinking things like being able to, like I feel like you go you're going you know up through the floors to get to the level where whoever it is is being kept. Well, I'm thinking that there's there's it's a pretty big area, so just because you've gone into this one building and you kind of clear it out, you know, you get to the end and then you can you can then get teleported out and then it's like okay that that building's cleared you know oh, okay you're sort of doing okay this is where sector comes in you're essentially like attacking this whole sector or like searching this whole sector to find them to find them so you can that'll like, work because then you because then because then you'll have more opportunity to like clear out buildings to level yourself up essentially on that run to be exactly. more powerful when you actually find yeah the, I mean, you you get to the top, you you kill one of the or you you um, take hostage one of one of the um, one of the commanders, and they give mm. you a little bit more information, and they unlock. You know, it's over in this this area of the of the um of the it like sector, narrows so you it can down, narrow or triangulates it down or something. Yeah. yeah, or you get one point of the triangulation. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. I, I like it being building based because I was thinking about your different modes of entry. Like, I think when you start. You just having to bust in the front door, make your way to the top, um, or make your way to the appropriate floor. I think as you go, you get whether it's in that run or yeah. I think I guess if you go in building by building in a particular run, it's like oh, in this crate I found like the zip line. So now in I can go, go to the next I can building, go straight across. I can the- go straight across and come from the top down, and like there might be benefits to that. You might get more element of surprise or different things. And yeah, I was also thinking certain gadgets where it's like, oh, instead of going up the stairs to the next level, I'm going to like go out the window and rappel up the level. Because I've got the grappling grappling hooks and stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Grappling hooks and stuff. And again, like that will just give you a certain bonus in the first room of the next level or something because you're taken by surprise. You like automatically clear that room or something, you know, whatever it is in that very roguelike. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that, you know, 
you can you can go up you know your one or two levels however much your your grappling hook can actually take you up and then you get an automatic entry that that does like a tactical strike and just like bang 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 they they kind of take out the yeah. three people in that room yeah and then you can sort of head out into into the like cubicles well or it could even be or- like because one of the greatest things about roguelikes is when you get synergistic uh, abilities right so it could be yes coming in via the grappling hook does a surprise attack basically which initially just means their reaction times will be slower but maybe you've also picked up the thing where oh any surprise attack you can you know instantly kill surprised enemies or whatever right so those those two abilities the grappling hook and the you know insta kill on surprise are going to just go together really well because it's like oh one room every floor i basically just don't even have to fight it or you you can you can pick up a um a little bullet and it's called bullet time and you you basically break through the through the uh, through the window and everything slows down and you can immediately yep. go bang 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 yeah and then land down it's like shoof. and it's like that was your one time of using it but it's like a perfect yeah. and if you get if you get that ability style you, entry basically you gain a you gain a trench coat which goes away after it's after that entry <laughs> but it flutters down behind you in slow motion um yeah perfect like i i like there's a lot of opportunity there for those sorts of different uh, abilities that can build on top of each other in different ways. So, in case you haven't, in case you, the listener, haven't haven't noticed, the thing that's locked down is the person that you're going to get, <laughs> or the or the laptop that you're looking for, or whatever whatever it is that you're going. Yeah, for it doesn't in have this to be area. a person. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you're you're trying to extract something, and then um, I'm thinking Left for Dead style, where Ooh. you have your final. You know, you've got the things now, and you've yep. got the final wave of enemy upon enemy. Like it doesn't finish yep. until you make until you reach the end zone. And again, though, depending on the power ups or the abilities you've picked up through the run, it might be you know the standard one might be oh well you've got to get back down to the bottom to the extraction zone. But oh, you've picked up you know a a, a beacon that lets you extract from the roof instead because your buddy comes on a helicopter. Or yeah, you've you maybe got the zip line or you there are certain things that let you like you're still gonna have to fight your way through but maybe you have you don't have to fight through as much or i do love the idea of a zip line being being relatively uh well one one time use so you mm. may then want to think about okay for yep. when i leave i can get up on the roof and then you know set it up to go down to a lower a lower level yeah, well, you could do something... Yeah, exactly. So you'd have to trade that off um, because it could be along the lines of, okay, you can use the zip line to get into a building, one building at some point throughout your run. And maybe it's like, if you're coming from the top down, then you get a surprise around every every time you go down a floor because they're not expecting you to come from the top. No. Although they may have heard when you set off all those grenades before. Like, but yeah, okay. So, well, again, maybe there's maybe there maybe there are in each building there's like alarm levels and stuff, right? So you you have different ways of playing, and then you can have power ups that work more towards come in and blast everything versus more stealthy stuff. Do we still like tw- twin stick, or do we want with with zip lines? I kind of think that it needs to be first person now, but no, I think because I think that's more just around the method of travel between buildings. Okay, 
Yeah, I think the zip line. I think it's just like, oh, all right, you made your way to the top of that building. You, you know, interrogated the commander or whatever. You got your piece of information, and then it's okay. How do I get to the next building? Usually, you, you know, you can, you can just leave and walk. Like you're essentially just selecting from a map or whatever. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm going to go to this building next. But if you've got a zip line, you can go to an adjacent building if that's the next one you want to tackle, and you can come at it from the top. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of being able to go down alleyways and, and that sort of stuff when you're out mm. in the world. Like, you know, it's kind of a desolate, desolate sort yeah, of... Yeah, well, maybe you've got a bit of an over... Almost like, yeah, you've got like a... Almost like an overworld sort of situation. Because I'm picturing a bit How of How many blocks for each sector? Uh, I mean, if if we're literally building that you can enter in... I don't think maybe you can enter in every building. I think there's no. C- I think there's buildings. particular buildings that are like part of this crime syndicate that you know has taken whatever it is, right? Um, and then there may be, you know, you'll have like your shops, and you, you know, you can spend some of the currency that you found on that run before you t- take on the next building or whatever. And but, but and again, like depending on how you tackle the buildings, maybe you're not safe on the streets. Maybe you you have to quickly get between buildings or you have to go through the alleys because now they're on the lookout for you in this sector. Or oh, they've got the sentinel droids, you know, basically going down the main street. So if you stick, yeah. to the, stick to the shadows and all that sort of stuff, you can get across quite nicely. Yeah, and so again, you'll be able to have power-ups that you unlock by going through runs that you might find on a run that help, on, help in the overworld, that help you, you know... Take out sentinels. Take out sentinels or avoid sentinels or, you know, not not set off alarms as easily so that they're not looking for you yet. You know, you can get through more buildings before they are looking for mm-hmm. you or whatever. I like the idea that uh, death is definitely an option in this, like, as in it's something that's going to happen a lot of the time. Most of, you, most of your runs are just going to fail. And oh, I'll- yeah. I think you follow the fairly classic roguelike... Your pattern. <laughs> I think we we get a good random random word generator that um you know comes up with different different code names for for the people who can yep. extract um because that adds to the unpredictableness of like and the wackiness. Like I also want some of these sort of weapons to be a little bit wackier. Like one of the grenades, yeah. you throw it out. And, you know, it encases all the guards in jelly and basically they're stuck as, je- as jello blocks and they can't, yep. they can't move sort of thing. It's just, or you throw out, throw out a different grenade and it's like anti-grav and they get launched up to the ceiling and they get knocked out and yeah, know, just a little bit of fun stuff like that. I think that could be. Oh yeah, for sure. I can see that working really well. Shrink rays. <laughs> <laughs> enlargement ray just <laughs> an enlargement ray it just cuts to the overworld and you see this huge person like break out of the building you were going through <laughs> <laughs> and brings down the whole building and it just brings down the whole building <laughs> uh, I like the idea that if you die on a run it's it's not that you're like redoing it with a new person. It's that, oh, another person from the organization you're working from. That's what you're sort of saying with the code names or whatever. But like that you can maybe reattempt that run, except like for some sort of, it's a more prestigious run then if you manage to do it because it's harder because they're already looking for people for your from your organization. You can, but maybe you can like, if you find the body, you can get some extra. Or basically you get all your loot from there. Maybe it might be a bit unbalanced if you manage to essentially get 
two per I mean, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on how far how far through you died, you'd have more stuff, but then you have to fight more through more to get there. So okay. you could probably, you could potentially do that. Yeah. So to, to make each run sort of a little bit more balanced as such, essentially this is Terminator rules for when you teleport in, that you kind of, you teleport in <laughs> yeah. naked and then they, they drop down like a pod next to you and you can basically, you got your, your basic clothes and basic, you know, clothes, boots, not a motorcycle, but a shotgun. Like you know, so you you get your base yep. your basic loadout, and you may Depending be able to get a little bit more. It'll, it'll, yeah, you may be able to get a yeah. little bit more stuff. Um, but but essentially, you you usually come in with a basic weapon, and that's pretty much it. Like the yeah. anything that you actually need, you got to find down on the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. there, and if you have to die near you... where you, near where you teleport in, and you don't right. have a prestigious run. You can find that body just outside the alleyway. You can pick all the stuff up, and you're set set for the run already. Like, yeah, but it's going to be a harder run because oh, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they detected you teleport, and they know they're they're going to be on more alert. It's well, like, oh, no, no surprise rounds this this run or something. You know, you're going to have certain limitations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I think there's a limit to how many times you can re teleport into an area. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You couldn't do it. Or, well, either that or you up the difficulty every time to the point that, oh, okay, you've tried this four times. It's going to be basically impossible. But if you can manage it, then all the power to you. <laughs> if you manage it, you win the game. Kind of like Risk <laughs> of Rain, how they, like, the longer you take in the different worlds, the harder it gets. So, yes, you can you can often, you know, you can get more power-ups through that. You can last longer. You can take longer. But it's the difficulty also ramps up Yeah, uh, in that way. This is really cool. I really like this idea. It's got guts. I yeah, it's got it's got all those roguelike f- sort of factors that make those fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, enough sort of newish gameplay and 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 the types of the types of things you're doing and spending abilities on and stuff. I feel like is interesting. Okay, the sectors. I, I like the idea that there's actually like a an opaque laser wall that sort of keep you locked in because they've um effectively the government have locked down this sector. Yeah. And you're being sent in to to search yeah. and, yeah. and rescue or search and extract. Yep. And so that's why, you know, we can limit it to you can only go to these buildings within this area. Oh yeah. yeah. It just so happens that, you know, there is a city outside it, but it's a rather opaque laser wall. So you, when you're really up high, you can sort of see, you know, the the silhouette of mm. of buildings around. But you know, you're not actually seeing much more than just the silhouette. Yeah, well, I mean, we can come up with some sort of backstory as well. Maybe all the sectors are locked off like this. Like there's some sort of governmental thing where they don't let you know you, you have to get permission to trans you know transport outside your sector because. You're assigned to this one, and that's where you have to stay your whole life, and like, you know, or something, some sort of totalitarian, dystopic kind of yeah. techno future, I, bit noirish. Although I guess if we're going ridiculous, oh, they could play off each other. Okay, yeah. Um, I do want some more absolutely ridiculous stuff that that occurs. Like when you go when you go to get the president, his lines are always like, "Oh God, you took long enough, didn't you?" He's <laughs> just a real prick. Yeah. What else do you think we need for this game? 
can we in- can we inject papers please in here somehow <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think we can um i don't think we need anything else i think we're good and i think that was a fun 20 minutes on that one game and let's click again okay wow we're off, to, we're off to a good start yeah what are we locked down to this time civil pretty prerequisite mirror hmm. I, i'm 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 kind of i'm torn in two ways with mirror hmm. Hmm. i'm torn oh, you had pretty which brings up in my mind you're so vain by carly simon which brings up okay you're always looking in the mirror and that's what you're sort of locked down to. You're locked down to the fact that, am I looking good? Too metaphorical. Too metaphorical, Trevor. We need to be physically attached to something. Okay. They, they're they physically attached to a mirror by a chain and they're dragging around like this, this big bedroom like a mirror. a full-length bedroom mirror. <laughs> um, and then I started thinking, okay, mirror vampire. Vampire can't see himself in the mirror and therefore like... Mm. You know, Where I went when I heard pretty and mirror was a snow white kind of situation. Ooh, okay. With like a, maybe a magic mirror or a... Because... <laughs> and you play the evil queen and you're locked down to this one room where you just look in the mirror to find where she is so you can say, well, or, say to or the could, huntsman where or, to go. <laughs> or maybe you've just And like the huntsman made, is a spider. <laughs> you've made the huntsman... <laughs> Who is a human? No, it's a spider. Because <laughs> it's a huntsman. <laughs> I get it. I just, I just feel like it's taking it to a point where we can't actually do anything with it. Um, maybe the maybe you've made the huntsman. Fuck! Now I can't say it. The hunt person. The hunt person. Be more gender neutral, anyway. Maybe you've made the hunt person uh, handcuff themselves to Snow White. Okay. In, like while transporting her to, you know, where she's going to be murdered. Okay. And it's, and it's a, is it a co-op game with the hunt person and Snow White where they're, or, or yeah. is it like the game brother, you know, how that was a, a twin stick mm. game where you, mm. you were controlling both characters, mm-hmm. but they're actually attached to the wrist. So you can't go too far one way or the other. And you got to try and, you know finagle your way through different levels yeah that's okay <laughs> but she yeah. wakes up and she goes ah a spider oh no it's just it's just a hunter person that's okay i had to get it in there <laughs> <laughs> um how do- for, for those of you who, who can't see the camera right now <laughs> ben is currently rubbing his eyes going what the fuck are you doing trevor stop <laughs> stop derailing this I'm game i'm tired trevor it's not <laughs> It's not helping. Um, Spider! Oh my god! Where I was going with it was the seven dwarves, mm-hmm. right? Is there now? Uh, it's it's this. It is this sort of almost platformer puzzle game where yes, you're attached to each other. You're each controlling one person, but then the dwarves, your guy, you're like commanding in some way, Pikmin esque. Yes, almost Pikmin esque. <laughs> Or maybe that's just Snow White's power, and then the Huntsman. I mean, he's got like a or sh- them they the Hunts person have like a bow and arrow, or like they can they can do attacks. And Snow White's power is sort of well. I I kind of like the idea that the that the Hunts person can actually control the wildlife, and so you get the wildlife and and interesting and sort of mm. like the dwarves 
you know, mortal enemies, you know. <laughs> I know dwarves the classic, and woodland creatures. The classic battle between the dwarves and the woodland creatures. And you, Hunts Person and Snow White, have found yourselves in the middle of it. Oh my god. Can can you work together? Can you work together? Yeah. I, and, I, I and- like the idea that can you work together? And that's also about can you make your left and right hand work together to actually manipulate right. your characters through through this game well so what's the relationship here because <laughs> what could be interesting an interesting dynamic and i don't know how this would play out gameplay wise actually but at least at the beginning if they're actually not cooperating as such like the hunts person's goal is to still take snow white and out into the woods and execute her. yes but snow white's goal is obviously to get away but also, they have to somewhat work together to get through these these places, these areas. Yeah, it's kind of like a Arya and the Hound situation from, from Game of Thrones, where you've got, yeah. you know, the captor and, and the captive that are, you know, unwelcome bedfellows, effectively. Mm. You know, they're, they're having to work together to, to defeat other adversaries, but... You know, any time that Snow White tries to get away, that well, yeah, I think almost in the beginning you could have some interesting, you know, probably somewhat scripted set pieces. I mean, I guess the whole game is probably relatively scripted. I'm picturing a bit of it takes two kind of vibe as well, where with that sort of co-op thing. But yes, that those at least for the first little while, they do have these separate goals, and that's sort of what drags them through the levels. Is it's like, oh, in this part of the level. Like Snow White, Snow White's dwarves come out and they pick you up and carry you to this place. And like, there's nothing really that the hunts person can do about it. But then in the next bit, it's like, oh, but now the hunts person gets his their, their skill to like call a fucking deer who just can come and just sweep all the dwarves away or like push them back. And and you know those sorts of you have a couple of things like that where it's sort of push and pull between them. And then it's like, oh shit, there's a huge giant like mythical bear that is coming after us. Now we need to work together to just survive. And then you can have the sort of the banter back and forth between them happening. And they're, you know, eventually trusting each other. And, and then just like in the story, you know, the hunt person at the end or near the end turns on the, turns on the evil queen. And yeah, basically. And then they're working together from that point. Right. Yeah. So like half the game is like going out into the forest, and then the other half is coming. Back. I'm 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 imagining the final level is literally the draw. The dwarves are now riding on their mortal enemies, the wooden creatures, <laughs> yes, into yeah, battle. Exactly. And yep. you know you're sort of commanding, you know, strike team Delta, come <laughs> round the back, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got like flocks of birds coming down and attacking and dropping things, and yeah, the dwarves just riding deer and fucking bears and for some reason i I had it i had one of them riding a shark and i'm like where the (laughs) fuck are we (laughs) this is a land shark it's the moat around the castle (laughs) or alligator because that that that's scary alligators are fucking there well crocodiles are probably even worse (laughs) who knows ask steve Irwin. You uh, can't. Three to, one, three to one click. Don't be a downer. Three to one click. I know. 
breathed consolation. Expecting naming. So that makes me think of someone pregnant. And it just made me think of the baby is tied to the mother via an umbilical cord. (laughs) This is set inside a womb. (laughs) I'm thinking of a baby. What's the consolation prize? (laughs) The placenta? (laughs) (laughs) Um... That's something, that's something that's something they don't to... tell you about when you when you first you know like it certainly surprised me <laughs> when when that part happened. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out if I go serious if we go serious about this and have a a story where like they were expecting a boy and got a girl or something like that's their consolation. That could be a bit too much. I'm also literally sitting. I said it as a joke, but I'm sitting here trying to figure out if there's a way we can have a game literally set inside a, a womb. While the baby is growing. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how that would work. I kind of like the idea of going slightly smaller than just in the womb. That you're actually kind of constructing the building blocks of of the baby. And you get to sort okay. of choose the, you know, which DNA parts to turn on. And this is effectively like spore, but within a womb. <laughs> So effectively, you're, you're choosing you're choosing between the the you know dominant and recessive genes to, and then where does that lead? Like, what do those decisions affect the baby's life when they're outside of the womb? Obviously. So is this some sort of like? This is where the new Fallout game actually starts. It starts so much earlier. So character creation <laughs> is like Todd Howard is like. <laughs> Hells, you know, yeah, exactly. It is, like it in is previous games you started as a creation. child or you've made the the parents. It's like, no, in this one, this Todd, one Todd choose, Howard has choose a sperm. Todd Howard has decided that you get to choose between your original sperm and you you got to choose your parents first and then yep. you know the sperm came in. That's a random choice. You don't really get to choose whether you're a boy or girl, like or whatever. Yep. Like the sperm that actually hit, but you get a little bit of a um, little bit of extra character creation now because you get to choose between the dominant and the recessive genes. Thing is, you don't know what that turns on. <laughs> so, not, so, basically, so they're not named in a, like you're not being shown them in a way of like. This is what I will just, look. It's like. not just a glorified, you know, hair color selection thing. It's literally turn on gene thirty three. You want to turn on. <laughs> This is going to affect something down the line, but you don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the fact the fact that it's from Todd Howard, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the boy's a bit of a freak. Uh, okay, we don't have to go there. Like that was my that was my silly suggestion. That's all right. I don't I don't have anything else. So let's leave it on the silly suggestion. <laughs> And click again. Feel free to use that, Todd Howard. Funniest commentary. Adjective damnation. <laughs> you got the, your adjective was adjective. It's not even an adjective. <laughs> okay, commentary on damnation. That could be interesting, like some sort of reality TV show in hell. Yep. 
And of course, because it's funny as commentary, commentary, it's like, oh yeah, it's wacky and over the top, and but dark. And I'm picturing this could be this could be like from a crows, 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 or something like that, in which mm. you know, um, depending on what what you're actually doing, it's it's sort of like a a Dante's Inferno slash God of God of War beat 'em up, but right. you've got funny commentary actually going on about. You know the different things that are going on in the world, like the narrator is basically talking through different things, and it's obviously coming from um, Justin Roiland is doing, yeah, doing the. Commentary. I could see that. I was I was picturing it literally as like a TV show because I was going to say like what's chained down is the audience is chained. Oh yeah, I forgot down, about the chained down thing. They have to watch the show, which is horrible, but they're in hell, so that's their punishment. Um- <laughs> Because I kind of like the idea of like a, whether it's like a, maybe not a game show, maybe a sitcom. I don't know how you'd play that out. <laughs> but I mean, that could almost be the, that could almost be the punishment part of it is, is you're, you're sitting there, you're trying to make the best sitcom episode in hell. But it's sort of more story based. So like, yes, you're going through essentially the same motions and changing stuff up slightly every time and the audience is forced to laugh they're like whipped until they laugh <laughs> cry laughing <laughs> but like but literally in- cry laughing is like it's all yeah, fake oh, laughter yeah. and it's all just cries and wails of yeah, pain yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but you're in hell that's what you want to hear um but like essentially in between takes and stuff like you've got conversation and like that's where the story actually sort of is so it's it's somewhat of a of a story based thing, you know, based around dialogue. Funny characters, you can still get Justin Roiland in there, like that would make sense for that sort of thing. He plays the fucking demon director or something who's trying to trying to make this thing. Mm-hmm. He's got delusions of grandeur on the on trying to make the new Seinfeld, but it's signed hell or something. <laughs> um okay. I want you to I want you to world paint a little bit for me. <laughs> sure. Which religions were wrong and therefore all end up in hell? (laughs) (laughs) All of them? Um, (laughs) That's not... Is that that world painting because, like, it's whoever's whoever's hell that was right? Like, whoever was right that's their hell? Uh, I don't know enough about different religions to do that. I'm thinking we do this as a very, like, classic... Hell, fire and brimstone. So, in other words, they're joking about the smell of sulfur, and it's like, who farted? It's like, no, it's just hell. Like, just it's sulfur. Yeah, it, that, <laughs> and that's the level of comedy that this <laughs> demon director and writer is is like trying to, or he has like a team of lost souls writing for him, and that's the shit they're coming up with, and he thinks it's gold, um, and the, the audience is just moaning and wailing not actually because they're being whipped but because the jokes are so not funny and so cringy <laughs> so it's it's our perfect game because we just do cring- we do we could absolutely write the entire we could thing. write this because because we can only write cringe funny uh yeah but and like you get you get selections of like you know what punchline are you going to use or whatever and they're all horrible <laughs> 
but it's just between... the same, it's just the same punchline with a different emphasized word. <laughs> yes. 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 Because whoever we get to voice act will nail that. They'll have to do the, all the different takes. Have fun with it. What do you what do you mean go up at the up at the start and up at the end? That just <laughs> that's a smile. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh so almost, I mean, I guess almost a bit of a point and click kind of event, like adventure kind of thing in a way. I don't know if we have inventory puzzle stuff or if it's just based around dialogue, but, you know, in between the takes, you go and you talk to the different, like the actors and the director and stuff, or you, to, to just get some more world building, to get some more things. Maybe you are gathering the notes or something that then you, okay, let's do another take and you, those notes come into play and it changes up slightly and the story continues in some way, you know? Yep. Um, I don't know if I have an end point to the story. I do. Three, two, one, click. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Perfect. That's what's good about this show. Lighted attendant. Restrictive palace. Ooh, well... That gives us some... Double restrictive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I like Palace. I'm feeling like this is some sort of royal figure who is who has been confined to the dungeons. To their palace. Yeah, maybe to the dungeons. Because I wanted to take it away from the very... I wanted to take it away from the very... Like, the traditional sort of fairy tale palace. I don't think this is like a fairy tale world. No. I think this is... It could be a... Even a modern palace or something in, I don't know, some sort of different... It's Buckingham Palace and the Queen has been, like, chained down to the dungeons for murder. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Damn it, Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) It's come out that you're actually a serial killer. We found all the bodies. You couldn't get your corgis to eat all of them. We found some corgis dead too. <laughs> they refused to cannibalize themselves. I do kind of like the idea of a royal, yeah, a royal figure confined to the dungeons. Yes. Ooh, it's like a secret family member. <laughs> secret family member, like a bastard child or something. Uh, well, be- effectively, you know, nowadays you could just say it's just Prince Andrew. Like, he literally got confined to the dungeons. But um, back in the day, like, there there was the the secret heir, basically. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the real firstborn. Um, right. Like, murdered someone, like, yep. at a very, very young age. Um, their name is Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay, I, I won't do that. But I, I just like the idea of it. It's like basically a secret family member who's actually heir to the throne. Yeah, that that's cool. So maybe they're not in the dungeon. Maybe it's more of a... They've been kept protected and mm-hmm. secret. You know, almost a Rapunzel-like fashion to their quarters. <laughs> it's, it's one of the towers. Like, yeah. you, you see them looking out on a on a, you know... Cold English morning. <laughs> yeah, we are leaning back towards, I think, the traditional, like, palace sort of feel, but... Uh, it's fucking that's fine. Like, 
<laughs> so we're still doing Buckingham Palace. It doesn't matter whether it's Buckingham Palace. It's a, it's a palace. It's, an, it's, a, yeah. it's a modern sort of thing. So there's cars and stuff like that. It's just that the secret air is being like... Yeah. Has been confined for the whole life. And what happens then? What kicks their story into gear? How old are they first? Is Are they still relatively young at this point? Or have uh, they been up no, there for I, like I, I 45 think, years? I think, you know, this is... They are the heir to the throne, but, you know, they're, they're sibling. I'm thinking because, you know, this is something typical that they would have done of, of a a female heir back in the day that mm. it, this character is, is female and you, you play yeah. this woman yeah. um, and her brother who is now being seen by the public as heir to the throne. Yeah. But wasn't actually the firstborn, was actually the secondborn, but they just hid. Well, is, yeah. Is there, is the reason for this that there is, that there are particular um, tensions with other countries who, you know, would plan to assassinate the heir, like trying to create a power vacuum or trying to like disrupt the monarchy in some way? You know, are we, are we putting this in a, in a world where, you know, there is. This is a good reason why they've done it. I kind of don't yeah, well, think we, there's. Will, a, I don't think there is a good reason for locking someone away. Like, no, no, no. But I, I, think I want to go with, that this is this character. All they're trying to do is is be no, be out out and you know away from this locked tower sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I get that. I'm just trying to figure out why why the family has done this. Like, why is there a reason to protect the actual heir? If they've got another, like... Because they, you know, maybe the father is sexist and doesn't want to... Didn't want a female heir to, to take the throne, but couldn't bring himself to murder his his firstborn daughter. But but she's still... is. So, are they planning to not give her the not, crown? Maybe? Not give her the crown. Right, okay. I thought this was more of a case of... Like, if their enemies took out all their heirs, then they'd be able to, you know, pull one out and still... <laughs> Let's say nope. You we hit her this whole time. Uh, King Ralph situation. That's that's what they call it. In the <laughs> right? Is that what it is? Or the that was the the next to, to the throne, but everyone else died. Yeah, because they they all died from electrocution when they got a photo taken, and <laughs> right. I don't know how I remember this, but yes, King Ralph. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So no, I don't think this this character is. Maybe that's how it ends up being that you know she kind of king Ralphs herself into <laughs> in into into the the throne and ends up having I to take it. That has never been used as a verb before. <laughs> um, I do like the idea that you're essentially trying to <laughs> murder <laughs> murder the royal family. <laughs> Maybe they have kept you locked up for decades. <laughs> like you might have a bit of a a grudge. Okay. Uh, um, it's three days before the coronation day. Okay. So your slimy brother. Your who- your fa- your mother died many years ago. Your your father has just passed away in the last like week. Yep. And your your brother. Has never has never known that you actually existed. Basically, right. This was this was your father's secret. Yeah, father and mother's secret. Like, yeah. 
is there is there like some loyal servant or something who comes and frees you and and you know they couldn't they couldn't keep they were too guilty they couldn't let this secret disappear and let you just rot in here while your brother takes the yeah the, so, the crown but all they can do is like slip you a key or something yeah i i'm imagining in the intro sequence you you sort of get shown that your your father the king you know locks you up here very early on and maybe your mum maybe your mother didn't even know like he basically said that oh that you, like you died, died in childbirth or something. in childbirth and or know, died young maybe and you know she was rather distraught and all this sort of stuff and then never really knew but it was just your evil father's mm. you know he couldn't bring himself to to it's very fairy tale definitely yes very fairy tale but modern sort of setting in the yeah. fact that it's you know, modern technology. I love the love the idea that she sort of gets down there, and so she knows the idea of of TV and all that sort of stuff because she had a TV up there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think she was. She's never had a cell phone before, so the fact that she actually gets hold of a cell phone and yeah. she's like, "Oh, I wonder if I can if I can call out." And she tries calling nine one one, but doesn't work because she doesn't know that the that the local. She's only- yeah, she's only ever watched like US cop shows. So nine 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 only works here. But of course, if she wants to get an ambulance, it's IT crowd rules. So you need that that rather <laughs> the, the long number. Of, what is it? Oh one one eight nine nine eight one nine 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 one one nine seven two five three. <laughs> Trevor, the things that stick in your head. Uh, so, is the is this is essentially the goal of this to like get a DNA test to prove your the air? Like, what, at what point? Yeah, like where does it go from there? Is this a sort of naive person, naive young woman in the big city kind of situation, making friends, meeting people who help her out? Yeah, I, I kind of think that it's it then turns into like a modern day retelling of Prince and the Pauper sort of thing, except it's, mm. you know, um, she sort of makes her way outside. All she wants to do now is live. She doesn't care too much about the throne anymore. But I think when they when people find Until out- Until she like sees on the news her brother brother's plans for the kingdom. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I can't let him do this. I have to reclaim my rightful position- and, and that's when she joins the Assassin's Creed, and that's when you realise that this is an <laughs> Assassin's Creed game the, the entire time. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I kind of like that actually. That's kind of good. All right, three, two, one, click. That's all we need to know. Take out the brother. Correlate seal. Obscene pumping. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We're going to split your words up because together <laughs> they're just not appropriate. Uh, that oil I, pumping I, that's going out there is really obscene. Yes, we really want to se- separate that and and not have like a Greenpeace style game. Let's no let's think obscene. where I went to. Where I went to was. Seal as in the animal. Yes. And obscene gestures that the seal is making to its mate as it... (laughs) 
I don't know where obscene is coming into it. I'm choosing <laughs> to ignore that for the most part. <laughs> but I was going on a limitation of being chained to something like this is a situation where a seal is in captivity. Right. Maybe it's a free willy sort of situation. See, now now I'm picturing this seal is, like, working for, for like, a Greenpeace-like organisation and, like, chains itself to different um, to different <laughs> oil pumps out, out there. And, you know, they, they have, like... <laughs> All right. All right. Look, you seem to want to deal with the obscene pumping of oil, which I agree... <laughs> with the climate emergency, I just had. This I just cannot had be this, something. I just so we had need to stupid... we need to seal up all of the oil platforms. <laughs> I just saw this this stupid thing of of like you know people who chain themselves to trees and all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. And to get in the way of of bulldozers as like they they're chained to the bottom of like these huge mining platforms. But the waves are like hitting them in the face and stuff, and they, like, <laughs> and they haven't quite anyone. understood. And they haven't, and they've just completely misunderstood the idea of chaining yourself to something <laughs> to, to stop, stop it being destroyed. Because it's like nobody wants to destroy it. You want to destroy it, but you're chaining yourself to it. It's, it's completely and, and mis- and the fact that okay, they're, on one right. of the, they're on one of the legs, and they're like. All the, all the stuff's happening up on the mining platform, so they don't even know that you're chained to it. Yeah, they don't even know you're there. Okay, all right. That's real. That's a really funny scene. That's the opening scene to our game. Now, is it a seal? We have- no, I don't think it's a seal, but, but I think it's a person, but they meet a seal. Ooh. And the seal says, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, basically. I think we go anthropomorphic seal. Yeah. And then the main game is, it's actually a very Scooby-Doo style relationship between the the hippie who, the misguided hippie mm-hmm. and his seal friend. Yes. Whether or not they solve mysteries, I'm not sure, but. I do, I do like the idea of, I do like the idea of solving mysteries, but I also like the idea of this mining, this, you know, oil mining plat- rig or whatever is actually the location of, like, another Metal Gear. So this is, again, like, layers upon layers of other games. Uh Uh-huh. In in the fact that this is actually, (laughs) you know, this houses, like, a nuclear-armed, you know, massive um, battle mech sort of thing. So in... in, in So you were actually right to, to change yourself to this sort of thing. Yeah, is this, in a very Roger Wilco sort of way, the bumbling hippie who happens yeah, like happens disarms upon, a nuclear yeah. yeah disarms this nuclear armament essentially that that some some government or his government or whatever is is building here yeah um through his misguided attempts at taking out what he thought was an oil platform but it turns out that it's actually you know the knee of this massive freaking like, yeah, yeah. It definitely looks like an oil platform out there in the sea. And like, it's it's, it's because- drilling oil, but what it's drilling the oil for is 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 because it's the lubrication for right. for this for the big um, mechanism. Big mechanism that yeah. is going to take over the world. Yeah. Okay. Is this all in his head and it's actually a dream and he, and he ends up like waking up and goes, "Oh shit." And then the 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 tide goes up way high and he dies. No, I don't think we do that. 
<laughs> yeah, why would I even suggest that? I don't even know why I was thinking that. <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about what sort of game this is. Uh, point and click. Yeah, I was thinking, is this like a point and click adventure? Yeah, well, you, you've it's it's like it, a Sam, I invoked Roger it's a Sam and Max like adventure, uh, mm. where you play the bumbling sort of guy, and you've got the seal along as your as your like Max like character, and yeah. Except it's a flipped thing of, you know, you can do all the stupid things and all you can do are stupid things and the seal tries to, to help you do the do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, the seal is definitely the sensible one in this uh, in this. And if you want to do the sensible thing, it's kind of like if you want to do the wacky thing in the, in the original Lucas, LucasArts um, Sam Max where you use mm-hmm. Max on something, you use the seal on something and he does the thing that you were expecting, that you were expecting <laughs> to be yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. Except because all the problems are solved with point-and-click adventure game logic, yeah. the seal is useless most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, who's the villain? Dentists. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I ask? <laughs> I was just. I was going to say, you know... Um, Maybe a Bond villain of, along the lines of you know a, a Doctor No or something like that, and then I was just going to put DDS at the end. <laughs> I think that is exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why. As because this, this time, do they want to create a nuclear armor platform? <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, you can see why they use why they use like. Mining platforms because mining platforms are like the teeth of the of the sea, right? You know, they're just sort of sticking okay. out there, and you know sure. you, you're never quite sure how they actually stick in the gums, but you just know that they're they're stuck there real good, they're stuck there somehow, and only the dentist knows how to how to extract extract. Them. I mean, they're extracting mm-hmm. oil, so I mean, dentists have got to be around somewhere. Um, they're drilling, dentist drill, like I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm making all it makes the perfect sense. I'm making all the connections here. Like, sure. All right. We don't even explain it then. You don't need to. You just say. I mean, the hippie goes. Of course, the amount of drilling. How could it not be a dentist? And yeah. that's that's you know where where he leaves it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I've. I got there. <laughs> you did. No. Well done. Well done. You justified that dentist villain yet again. Um, cool. Okay. And so how does how does uh, our bumbling hero end up defeating this then? Like what? Like all dentists. Sugar. Sugar in the gas tank. Just sugar. Of the, it, it, of the it's, middle It's gear. sugar... Is is you know dentist's only weakness? We we all know this. Yes, but- and it's it's video game logic, of course, and it's point and click logic, of course. <laughs> sugar on dentist equals that's it. You just a have massive to get close cavity enough. in the middle of, you, in the middle of the dentist. Like you just have to get close <laughs> enough to use sugar on dentist. <laughs> the whole game is leading and, and up then, to that, and then it does the whole Larry two thing of the whole things just on just on like. Um, you know, we stage. didn't we didn't quite get to finish the the end uh, end section, so you just do the Larry Larry two thing of 
do a do a uh like cutscene to finish off. There was no real puzzle right. that you had to do. It was just you sugar and dentist, and the whole last thirty minutes plays out. <laughs> it's a Metal Gear game. Of course, it's going to end like that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be wacky. Half hour is not long enough for a cutscene for a Metal Gear game. Oh God! I remember thinking, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to I'm going to play a little bit of Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid Two. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes later, you know, it was like, oh, the game's starting. Started the like, game. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. All right. Let's do one more. Glad Lung. Competitive Convict. Ooh. Hmm. Well, Convict, they've got a ball and chain. <laughs> it's just the classic <laughs> ball and chain on the Convict. I mean, Convict is a very old word. You know, we're, t- we're talking, you know... As a noun, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I really don't want to say it, but it's, it's you know, of the age of settling Australia, which is a bad yeah. place to sort of go. And they all came down with Gladlung, the horrible debilitating Let's Let's go, let's, oh no, that's even worse. Uh, <laughs> I was like, let, let's go to the first penal colony, which was America, and it's like... Yeah, let's not delve into their history. And then I'm like, that's even worse. Um, okay, so well, it's on the go... boat. <laughs> no, no, let's let's take it away from Earth history entirely. And let's make up something new. So we're not stepping on on uh, inappropriate subjects as much. Okay. So it's a convict ship in space. Yes. It's some sort of penal ship. Yes. Uh, Sent from Earth to Mars. Okay. Because it's the first thing that that the English do every single time that they um that they so find they a new place, they colonize, they, they send all all their prisoners across. Alright. Well now all of Earth have got together and have decided, you know what, we're gonna send them to Mars. Are we making a commentary on colonization and it turns out there are native Martians, or is it is the world dead and we don't tackle that? particular uh well mars has no oxygen mars has no water mars has like that we know of basically what okay what happened was um back in the late 2020s we sent our first mission to mars this was 30 years ago from when this ship is going yep 32 days after they set up base we lost contact. Mm. And there's been no contact at all with Mars since. We've sent probes, but it gets to a certain distance and then all communication cuts out with the probe. Okay, so are we sending in the convicts? We're sending in the auto. convicts because, you know, sort of like Con Air slash, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, we can yeah. send these people there and because they're worthless to us as a society yes this is not my actual view no i'm I'm speaking facetiously okay these are death row people these are bad people like you know the well i mean again i think i think if you like like conair and a lot of these things you mix it up right like there are some good people on like people who were who were 
you know, misjudged or who got into a bad situation. There are people who are actually evil. Okay, the character that you the character that you play is like the Nicolas Cage character of. Yeah. you're just getting a trip to there because your parents were part of the original. Or something, or like you, you, you. It's maybe we don't go full death row people. It's like it is a mix, but you, yes, you, you have some redeeming qualities. Is, yes, is the point we're trying to get to. I do like this idea then of. <laughs> I'm almost wondering, is this a situation where yeah, like Mars, whatever happened on Mars with with that first colony ship or the first mission. Not only did all communications cut off, mm-hmm. but we can no longer see Mars. Mars disappeared. Yeah, but we know it's there because we, we, we know we it's can there because gravity. We, yes, we can still measure the gravity. We know it's there. This is a some sort of communication, like a visual phenomenon only. Yeah, um, and so yes, we're essentially when you get there, when you get there, is all of Mars terraformed? Yeah, maybe. I'm thinking there's something like that going on. Where, yes, it's it starts off, you're in this prison ship, you've got all these people there. This is sort of a last resort from Earth of they're overpopulated, they need to get rid of some people, whatever, we just we'll fucking send them on a ship to figure out what's in there and at least then we, you know, nobody else is... you got five days before the auto-return goes back. Okay. So, they... Uh, basically, they have something on the ship that auto-records all communications yeah. that you're doing, and after five days, it will automatically send back so that, like... Oh, instead of them just... Okay, instead of them just having sent prisoners there for no reason, is this a situation, like you said, like Suicide Squad, they have a mission. Oh, yeah. Right? They so have a they've mission. They've got this, this mission is, of figuring out... That's what I was trying to get at. But this is, this right. is, like, they're being sent there to find out what happened, and they decided to send, you know... Well, I think it's that nobody... It's so dangerous. It's so... Like, nobody else is willing to go, but they've offered these prisoners this, like, if you do this for us, we will pardon you. Like, you will get a pardon when you get back to Earth. Yeah. And so, these are the, whatever, 10 people who decided yes they were going to do you know and you play do. one of them and that character happens to be played by nick cage and he yes we he actually may, do he have... may look exactly like he did in con air with long hair and all that sort yep. of stuff and have the bunny but he makes no mention of you know when you when you get off the ship when you get off the ship for the first time onto this terraform mars and the, the wind blows through his hair in that same shot <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks over and he thinks he sees John Malkovich, but he doesn't. Like, no, it's just a rock that looks very much like John Malkovich. Um, and there was a, a Mars bunny behind it that sounded like John Malkovich, strangely, but it, it just hops away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, what actually happened here? You get hit here, the world is terraformed. Do you find your parents? Like, do you find this? I mean, assume eventually you find traces of them or you find where they landed or whatever. I kind of like the idea that where you land and you land very much in the original, the original mm. site. And it's kind of like, you can tell that, you know, things haven't been done in years, but you look up in the sky and the sky is blue and, yep. you know, there's obviously the red dust everywhere. And it's, it's got very much a, um, you know, an Australian 
outback feel of of that mm. sort of red red dirt and all that sort of stuff. But in the distance, you see a glint, like you just see like light you know, reflecting. light reflecting off something. Yeah. So the idea is that you know you get a group of a group of the guys to to get over uh, to follow you to go off off to this thing. Yeah. And there's actually a full on outpost that is that's been set up there that is almost city like. You know, mm. it's it's kind of like I'm almost thinking that the original group are still here and they're actually fine. They've sort of come up with their own civilization and Is there yeah, is there a situation almost then is is there a time dilation thing that's happening here too? And maybe that's part of the reason why it's you not can visible. No see, yeah, it's no longer visible is that light is is moving at different speeds in here like it's Ooh, messing yeah. everything up. Oh, I like that a lot. And and you you see someone who you think is your parents, but really they're but it's they're like a descendant. One of their end- yeah, exactly. It's one of their uh, one of their descendants. Yeah, so it's been like so you're you're their great 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 uncle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. And then then you're in a rush to to get back because yeah. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> that's going to work on the. Maybe that maybe maybe it's a situation where, on like it takes a while for newcomers to. No, that doesn't work because then you wouldn't be able to communicate with the other people. Or you have a look at the computer and you actually see that, you know, for every second or every hour that you're going through, it's like only ten seconds of the computer clock. That, you know, so it's oh right the of time di- okay because time if time's dilation- moving faster there. Yeah, then you're gonna have more time to do stuff. You got a lot more days, time than what a you, lot more time than what you originally thought. Right. So that's not really a factor. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of it the other way, and it's like, oh, now you've only got three hours instead of five days. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you rush back because yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, you know, a lot of time has actually occurred here. Um, yeah. And that's why terraforming actually worked, and all this sort of stuff. Because yeah, well, that's that's yeah, that's what I was thinking with the terraforming that it's actually had all that time to to take place. And I'm just, I'm, you know, it's, it's actually kind of a, a nice story about different things going on, but you know, you, you then have to choose in 30 years or however long go. we do. Well, yeah, that's the end. That's almost the end thing is, do you stay or do you leave? Do you stay with your, with your new family, family. that you've actually built up here and all this sort of stuff? Or, yeah. or do you bring them back and, and take them back? Well, I think in between, I think in between, like the things you, and I do like telling this story across a large period of time like that, but I wonder if it's a situation like you get there and it's essentially a utopia. Like they've set up this amazing city. It was created by, you know, these first set of scientists, including your parents who set up a proper political system. And like they, you know, they had the intelligence and the education to like set it up in a good way. But you've just brought in a ship full of convicts, Comics. some of which who are pretty Nasty awful, people. and they start fucking things up, mm. and they start introducing things into this civilization that wasn't here before, that wasn't here. And so I wonder if after those thirty years, it's not so it's not so idyllic anymore. anymore like, and it's not so idyllic anymore. So maybe yes, maybe you do want to take your family and leave, right? Like. And that's that's when I, I kind of like the idea of of playing around with 
you've just lived, you know, 30 years or however long in five days. Yeah. That's, you know, when you come back, they're going to have so much information as to what's happened over all this time. Mm -hmm. But over that 30 years, some things have started breaking down on the ship. So therefore. Right. Yeah. Like the power cell wasn't meant to be running for 30 years, but the, the, it was on a strict countdown clock that would only go when the, when the ship's computer actually said that it could go and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, there's some sort of synchronized thing with the outside. I don't know. They, they came up with, you can, you could techno babble away that like the return signal was based yeah, off, they, based off of the atomic clock and the way that, you know, because, so, yeah, because the atoms like were from outside of, outside of the, or that there's like time one specific or, signal that they know they can, they can get through this barrier because they've done some experimentation that, that will trigger it or yeah. whatever. So they can trigger it from the outside, even though information can't come out or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really like this idea. <laughs> I, I, I want to see, you know, I want to, sort of go and explore this this place Mass Effect style like I, I can yeah well it'd be a great opportunity for like some really creative environment and you know environment art and, and the, the, how, what the city was cities would look like and and yeah, I'm just imagining sort of that you know those 30 odd colonists that that brought out what you pretty much need that that same idea of um you know how they say that if you've got X number of people, you can you can make a society that's diverse enough that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think you, yeah, with I think with thirty, you definitely get there. It, it I know that the, there's a there's a certain number that you need to be able to build it out to be the proper yes, number. To, I to like the idea that we actually try to keep that scientifically accurate. That yeah, that yeah, they could have yeah, possibly it's... built up to. You know this number of this number of people in the five hundred years it's actually been since. I like that. That that's a fun arc across those thirty years. That's really cool. Okay, I think we'll end it there tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online and all of our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash Bitstorm and check them all out there. Shoot us a review. Let us know what you thought. We would love that. We'd love to thank. Kuridos for allowing us to use their song Mount Defiance of the Album Containment Failure each and every week for our opener and closer. That's right, so thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott and Oh my god, it's a spider! Oh, no, you're just a hunts person. (laughs) 